Jesus. The missing years. It was raining. It was cold. West Bethlehem was no place for a 12-year-old. So he packed his bag and he headed out to find out what the world's about. He went to France. He went to Spain. He found love. He found pain. He found stores, so he started a shop. He had no money, so he got in trouble with a cop. Kids in trouble with the cops from Israel didn't have no home. So he cut his hair and moved to Rome. It was there he met his Irish bride. They rented a flat on the Lower East Side of Rome. Italy, that is. Music publishers. Bookbinders. Bible belters. Swimming pools. Orgies. And lots of pretty Italian chicks. Charlie bought some popcorn. Billy bought a car. Someone almost bought the farm, but they didn't go that far. Things shut down at midnight, at least round here they do. Cause we all reside down the block inside at 23 Skidoo. Wine was flowing, so were beers. So Jesus found his missing years. He went to a dance and said, this don't move me. He hiked up his pants and he went to a movie. On his 13th birthday, he saw a rebel without a cause. He went straight on home and invented Santa Claus. Who gave him a gift, he responded in kind. He gave the gift of love and went out of his mind. You see, uh, him and the wife wasn't getting along. So he took out his guitar and he wrote a song. It's called The Dove of Love fell off the perch but he couldn't get divorced in the Catholic Church at least not back then anyhow Jesus was a good guy he didn't need this shit so he took a pill with a Coca-Cola and he swallowed it he discovered the Beatles and he recorded with the Stones once he even opened up a three-way package for old George Jones. Charlie bought the popcorn. Billy bought a car. Someone almost bought the farm, but they didn't go that far. Things shut down at midnight. At least round here they do. Cause we all reside down the block inside it. 23's could do The years passed by like sweet little days With babies crying pork chops and Beaujolais When he woke up he was 17 The world was angry The world was mean While the 
The man down the street and the kid on the stoop all agreed to laugh stank. All the world smelled like poop. Baby poop, that is. The worst kind. So he grew his hair long and he threw away his comb. Headed back to Jerusalem to find mom and dad and home. But when he got there, the cupboard was bare, except for an old black man with a fishing rod. He said, what you going to be when you grow up? Jesus said, God. Oh, my God, what have I got myself into? I'm a human corkscrew and all my wine is blood. They're going to kill me, Mama. They don't like me bad. Jesus went to heaven. He went there awful quick. All them people killed him. He wasn't even sick. So come and gather around me, my contemporary peers. And I'll tell you all the story of Jesus, the missing years. Charlie bought some popcorn. Billy bought a car Someone almost bought the farm But they didn't go that far And things shut down at midnight At least round here they do Cause we all reside down the block inside At 23's to do We all reside down the block inside At 23's to do Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Great yeah. tune. And, of course, the one that almost bought the farm is me. I spent <laughs> like a week, about a week in the hospital with the, with the fluid, severe fluid in my stomach and a very, very serious blood infection. Jesus Mark Christ. still I'm looks so- like uh, Carl beat him with a ball bat from all the IVs and stuff they put in me. Jesus Christ. You have got, you know, you've got to get better, man. Seriously. I am better, I, or else I wouldn't be here. I, mean, I know, but, 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 but you have problems also every so often, and it always scares the fuck out of me, man. Seriously. So you're using my excuse for the reason you ain't got laid. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no excuse. <clears throat> No yeah, happy I, I, Easter weekend, everybody, from Starlight Drive-In. Absolutely. Glad and to I be here, I rented Stephen. it out for this movie, but Saturday night, uh, they're going to be showing religious features. I think it's going to be a double feature of uh, The Passion of the Christ and that new Father Ted movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that's nice. And I told him your suggestion, and they told me to go myself. For some reason, they like, our audiences on Easter weekend wouldn't like uh, The Passion of the Christ. And uh, what's that Paul Schrader one you wanted to show? Uh, oh, oh uh, um, yeah, the one with Ethan Hawke. I can't remember the name of it yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. 
they basically told me they didn't use Christian words. Let's just put it like that. Uh, well, you know, the only thing I would say is um, – uh, Yeah? Well, Goddamn, that says it all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we're here tonight after about two or three week layoff with uh, Siege. We're going to be talking about the Canadian Connection tonight, and we have trailers as usual. So Nice. Get your little cute butts all the way over to the YouTube first and go to look for Drive-In Grindhouse Movie Trailers from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, number three. And if it starts with, well, uh... October is National Movie October Month. October is National Caper Month. Uh, yeah, okay. You're doing That'll good. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad to be here with you tonight, Stephen. So yeah. I, I'm all fed up here. So so anytime you want to start with Wait, trailers. Wait, let me get this. We, this thing is being interesting for some reason. Okay, okay. I got it set. So okay, we're you at the trailers zero 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 for this dance. Yeah, I'm at zero zero at the trailers. Okay, and here we go in five, four, three, two, one, play. October's National Movie Month. This is just another thing they would put in off months where it might be a little bit too cold for people to go to try to get people's ass to the drive-in so they could get one last payday before they had to shut down. Right, Carl? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. they did have yeah. Halloween was a sure thing. Yeah, and that was about the only sure thing in October, particularly yeah. where I was, because it got cold. Yeah, it got – well, that's when, as Joe Bob Paul, you get your Iron Man badge. Yes. Like when I went, and it's next weekend, folks. I went to the Riverside uh, Drive-In. No, not next weekend, the weekend after next. But I went to the Riverside Drive-In and watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead, Night of the Demons, and Demons. And it was like 20 degrees as soon as the sun went down. Oh yeah, in, in Bradford, well, limestone driving, it was, yeah, that was very common. <laughs> very and here common we go. October. What would you say? This one is more early '80s, isn't it? The previews are coming attractions bumper. Yeah, that's '80s. Yeah, with the that's music and all 80s. that. And we open with, ooh, PG-13. That's definitely an '80s movie. Yep. Prize Entertainment. Mm, prize. Oh, God, no. There was a series of these films in the 80s called Skateboarding Movies. Oh, God. Which one is this? I think, yeah, is this Skate Town USA? No, Skate Town was 79. This is about 84, 85. Okay, this is not Skate Town, man. I think this might be. That's the only one I really know. Yeah. That's because it's good and it's got Billy Barty getting stoned. Yeah. And a gay Ron Polito, who's not gay. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it's for avoiding talking about this because this movie is just your typical HBO fodder crap that we would know to go do something else when it came on. But this has oh, early er, one of the earliest appearances ever of the Red Hot Chili Peppers on screen when they were real skate punks before they became indie gods. Indie gods. Back when they were interesting, back when they're definitely into the funk punk and had the album uh, produced by the one and only George W. George Clinton. Oh, and I hate God. this. Usually with a trailer, you'd see the mo- title of the goddamn movie twice by now. At least. Wouldn't you? This one I still like don't know what movie. the fuck this movie is. Yeah. You like games, don't you, Valley Boy? <laughs> they always have races like this, even though another one really existed in the real world. Because right. of shit like this. And you got to admit, this was always the best parts of these movies. Just watching them Absolutely. wipe the fuck out. I don't see how the hell the stunt skaters did that. Thrashing! Oh, God. I would, like, run screaming. Yeah, we did. Don't from, forget. From the drive-in if I was oh, watching that shit. This one's Carl's because it's 70s and it's quirky and it's very cold. Do you recognize what this one is, Carl? Uh, okay. Um, I uh, I should know this. Oh, is this... Um, Ratchet on the Ranch of Deluxe, that's it. <laughs> this one was too weird for the 70s. I don't like this one. I don't think oh, it's great. it's great. Yeah, but when it came out, people were like, what the fuck is this shit? And all the reviews basically say, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> well, there were a lot of them like that. Look at 92 in the shade. Oh, there's the your man. There's your man making yep. out with another man, Harry Dean Stanton. Absolutely. But this is uh, uh this is Thomas McWayne, and he was yeah, really and, odd. And they're killing a car. Yes. Close as you're going to come to getting a Commander Cody song to life. <laughs> It's even got bizarre country music playing. Band to the end. Joe Deluxe. That's not a normal movie. Okay, just no, want everyone oh, to know that's God. not normal. Gas Pump Girls. Oh, God. If you had HBO, during, HBO and the movie channel during the 80s, there's a chance, and we're a teenage boy or a lesbian. There's a chance you watch this for the sheer amount of tits in this movie. Well, this this is definitely driving fodder, but this is a little late for me, right? Like I because said, I this was like- showed on HBO and the movie channel a lot during their kitty bo- their after hour shows because, like I said, of the sheer amount of tits in this movie. 
Well, that's exactly what it is. You can tell by the trailer this is a TNA film. There's no doubt. Yeah. And it's got nice little 70s boobies. <laughs> okay, now that, I like that. Uh, that was fun. This is one of the better ones. That's why we watched, stayed after we seen the boobies, you know. Carl takes super duper because she looks like a bitch. Right, Carl? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is definitely, you know, the thing that girls get together and, and, and build a business because of their sex yeah. appeal. I mean, that was oh, done God, in, in... no. This one is so oh, weird. Yes. Oh, yes. Go ahead, take this, Carl. Okay, this is one probably one of the weirdest, strangest uh, uh, films that I've ever seen. It's been a long time, but this is a Paul Mazursky film. This is like his first film. All I know is it's got a lot of cow ass in it. Yep. This is definitely fits in the category as in the Free Spirit movie. Right, or or you know, there's a lot of car. It's not a chase or anything like that, but it's it's one of those traveling movies. You know, yeah, it was trying in its own way to be a little bit like Two Lane Blacktop, but not quite, because they have a lot of this shit in there where he tries to. It it's just interesting. This is one of those films that doesn't work, but it's it's like his first film, by the way. And who else's first film is this? I can't remember. You'll see in a minute. There he is. Joe Don Baker. Joe Don Baker. You know, this is trying to be fun. Yeah. This is the weird part is, is he's supposed to be a professor. What? Okay. What I was going to say is this is five easy pieces exploitation. That's what this yeah. is. But what's funny is that he's a college professor who just decides to drop out and work with his group of rednecks for the whole summer. Yeah. You're different from us, Carl. You got brains. <laughs> I got brains. But yeah, this one fits brains. movies like uh, End of the Road, The Strawberry Statement, uh, Busting. Uh, no, what is it? Dealing. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Ber- but, the Berkeley Blues Dealing. That yeah. One. Yeah. But this one is just fucking weird from what, everything I've read about it. It is. This is that's a strange film. Yeah. That's an I HBO think, film for me. Yeah. What the hell is this? Andy did have and hold and love and cherish. This has got to be a horror film because of the music. Till till what? Death oh, do you part? Yes. Oh no. No. Not 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 important. a cocksucker in this movie. 
Well, let's be honest. Every man in Diary of a Mad Housewife is a cocksucker. Oh, yeah. They're, they're just mean motherfuckers. Only difference is, is Frank Langella plays an honest bastard, and he's just a bastard. <laughs> and, of course, right? now with, the, with, with Langella being uh, uh, kicked off of uh, his TV show, you yeah. heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah, this, this, this is not... And this is actually a good movie from Frank Perry. It's a goddamn shame that there isn't even a bare-bones version of this motherfucker out for us to buy. Hey, I want to get that on a t-shirt, Carl. A lay is a lay. A lay is a lay. Yeah. Ole, ole, ole. I'm Spanish now. Yeah, I, I like, let's just bring this out in the open. I like the Perry's work better than Mr. Kafer here. A lot better. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a Frank Perry fan. I'm not a fan of either one of them. You got to admit, this is better than a lot of them that came out like an unmarried woman and things like that. David and Lisa. David and Lisa are their, uh, and last summer are their best films, but the and thing the is, they're sw- just... Hey, the swimmer, don't you fucking talk shit about the swimmer. I know, I know, I know, I know. You were at the I, wrong I, age I, I don't connect it. with the parents. Don't connect with them. I'm not yeah. saying they're not good. But let's be honest, they, I like about the movies is they're honest pissing on the whole 70s thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. Frank Perry, the best way to describe him is he was a mainstream version of what Cassavetes was doing, and probably Cassavetes was doing it a lot better. Yes, I would happen to agree with that. Mondo Daytona. This is back when every film they were doing, they slapped the Mondo title. But this was oh, oh, my God, look at that back. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Hey, there's Carl at the Three Beers. <laughs> yeah, I got my head. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, this has got a great soundtrack down in the boondocks. Mike Sharp, God, he's good. Bay, this is frat rock from the late 60s, isn't it? Yeah, this is definitely frat rock. Damn, I do like a double shot of my baby's love. This was one of the first spring break movies. Yeah. <laughs> Always show the bikers. Always show. Kids. Show swing hips and. And pushy shots, absolutely. But they always had amazing fucking soundtracks. It was, yeah. Wait. Wait. 
Espanolas. This one's fucking good if you haven't seen it, Carl. No, I've not seen this. This is a sequel to Sergio Corbucci's The Mercenary, except they added Thomas Milan into it. There's nothing wrong with Thomas Milan. Yeah, look at uh, Franco Nero right there. Yeah, that's great. Great comedy western. <laughs> if you're nervous, that's you great. See my guess. <laughs> Everybody is having a blast in this film. Even Jack Palance. Nice. <laughs> 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 off my hand. Nice. Yeah, this this was like fun. This it looks is. Like fun. I've actually got the DVD of it. That that looks like fun. It is. Franco Nero, Thomas Milan, Jack Palance, directed by Sergio Cabucci. How can a fucking you go long? And, and the music by Ennio Morricone. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah you can't go want. Oh, this is the long English trailer for this one. And I love this one because I have jokes that's not even in the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine people watching this trailer for the first time back in the early 70s? Oh, you know, I mean, this is this is my era. Now, I didn't see this in the in the drive-in. I saw it in the four four wall theater. Yeah. But I remember seeing this particular poster, and we loved. I mean, this trailer, and we loved it. <laughs> this one, I remember. Yeah. Go away. And then here comes the Japanese narration. <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the middle of films. Every ride again. Le Note. And Mari Python and the Holy Grail. Tim. I, I I love this movie. You always talk about I some films it. that deal in anarchy. This movie is pure anarchy. <laughs> yes. They only have a plot because they were forced to. Otherwise. What the kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, there's Terry Gillum and his wonderful cutout animation. What's sad is Monty Python really never topped this. 
got the noose. I got better. So for an intellectual midget <laughs> and you like I gotta see the thing. <laughs> But, <laughs> yeah, this but you have a after Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I can just see people like, what the hell is this? What the oh, hell? listen, we knew, we knew who Monty Python was. Yeah. Because of PBS and that. We knew. Trust me, yeah. we knew. Oh, here's one of Carl's favorites. Okay, yes, Monty Python's first two films were just so fucking good. Yeah, Life of Brian is great. <laughs> Monty Python's life. This, this, I think, is their masterpiece. I think this, this is, is the their one that pissed off everybody. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. Yeah. You know they actually they actually had a thing with the the, the head of the uh, uh, Episcopal Church in uh, the Anglican Church in England where they were doing this like uh, uh, debate with them and it was beautiful man you can yeah. find that on YouTube and it has one of my favorite comedy improvs of all time which one the one where. Uh, Terry Jones seen that the guy was about to crack up, so he went up to him and he said, "Well, what is funny about my friend Biggest Dickus?" <laughs> and the yeah. guy just, you know. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene in this is where where uh, uh, where where he opens up the window. <laughs> And he's completely yeah. nude. And yeah. like, we'll do whatever you tell us to. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off, then. Uh, <laughs> That's it. That is one of the greatest uh, uh, taglines ever. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty little boy. And I love how this comes out of nowhere and leads to nothing. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Very naughty boy. <laughs> you can't make comedies like this nowadays and it breaks my heart. True. Well, you got all shit with it back then too. Let's not under. Let's not talk. Let's not be like. I'll be honest. <laughs> it's a Paramount, and it's coming from Paramount. What the hell is it? Oh, Tom Horn. This was the no. 
This is the Hunter. This one was the last film that he completed. No, otherwise uh, Tom was Tom Horn, Horn was still in editing. Editing. This was the oh, last okay. film he shot. Tom Horn was still in editing because McQueen was editing it himself. This is good, oh. but not one of his best. This was based on a real-life bounty hunter. Eli Wallach. And who's that? I'm trying to think. Oh, you don't recognize him? He is in all the Sam Peckinpah movies, too? Yeah, I know, but I can't yeah. think of the name. Okay, so this, this, one, okay, this is yeah, not Tom Hanks. Okay, one never mind. This was a hit when it came out because it was uh, Steve McQueen's uh, pretty much the last shot movie. Tom Horn, they don't because they really didn't know what to do with it. And even you think right. of it as an odd egg, don't you? Yeah. I happen to like it, though. I like Tom Horn. Oh, I like it. But it is an odd egg. Yeah, well, yeah, I tend to like odd eggs. You know me. I like this bastard hey, stepchildren. I always have. Yep. Was that Bernie Casey? No, LeVar Burton. Oh, LeVar, LeVar Burton. Burton. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Yeah, this is uh do like my do like some Eli Wallet. Yeah, but you can tell when you're watching this that he was very sick. Yeah, you can see it with too. with Tom Horn too, yeah. But this one was more obvious. Nice. Yeah, Steve McQueen's always had a holy shit stunt in all of his movies that he's Oh, absolutely. Oh, you don't know. Carl don't know this movie. Carl hates this movie. Yeah, what? You don't recognize it? Apologize to everybody. I mean, it looks like a lot of the films I know. Apologize, That's Carl. That's the problem. Apologize. Say you're sorry. Just say it, okay? I will, but first let me figure out what the fuck the movie is. I don't know. Ask Bill Lustig. Oh, Jesus. That's what this is. Okay, never yeah. mind. Vigilante. Oh. Okay, God, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Well, you haven't seen Forster yet. Oh, you just see the Oh, uh, there he is. Yeah, and there's the man. Is, yeah. There, there's the man. What's good about this is they really don't go in it in there is that by the end of the movie, Foster goes full fucking psycho. Roundtree's really good in this, too. Roundtree's in this? I thought that was Hammer. 
Oh, that's Hammer. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Fred the Hammer Williamson, our boy from Maniac, Joe Spinell. Right here's when he goes full psychotic because his girl, that guy's girlfriend, comes out and they're like, "What are we gonna do about her, fucker?" Oh, Woody Strode is probably who you're thinking of. Here's your typical '60s beach movie. Beach ball. That's what Carl wants to have. Only trouble is he don't like sand getting in his pants. Add cookie burns. Yeah. Oh, shit. And they're back up, man. Nice. This is the second iteration of the spinners after they fired. Uh, what's... Oh, yeah. Those righteous brothers. Listen, I loved them when I was a kid. They were great. Oh, they still are good. I love they just got them voices. He's not a big fan of the Four Seasons. Uh oh. Song right editing. That's another reason why we don't get a lot of these 60s beach movies on. DVD. The Hondells. Look at the guy with the melodic and it's not even fucking playing it. Yeah. Oh, now the Walker Brothers. They're good. Especially later than that. Yeah. God damn! That must have been after the speed kicked in. Really? <laughs> but this was pure driving fodder all the fucking way. Oh, definitely during the 60s. Now, this especially is before my time. Yeah. Especially oh, what the car, man? Oh, oh my, my God. God, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that fucking black car. Oh, oh my God. That would be running in there with his arms. <laughs> yeah. This is when uh, the indies started to move away from the drive, the beach movies because other guys were doing it better. What you, what's this? And how close are we to 30? We're close. This will be the last one. Yeah, this is the last one. Oh, shit. Frank Perry, motherfuckers. This is the one we're talking about. And if nobody's really seen this before, that's because this film is fucking hard to see. It's also hard to watch. Oh, God, yeah. Seriously. It's black as midnight. You can think of watching this, but Bruce Davidson just is good. All three of these are good. Well, Bruce Davidson is always good. Yeah, all three of them are good as the psychos. There's no other way to put them. And who wrote the book that this was based on, Carl? I'm not sure. Evan Hunter. Was it Rob? Oh, okay. Evan Hunter. You know, the same guy that wrote the Parker books? Yep. Damn why this movie is so hard to see uncut. 
those last 20 minutes of that movie. It's brutal. But you're seeing a, a little bit of it now. Yeah. But it gets uglier. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm the Perry. I, I don't like them, and I'm not saying it's because I think they're terrible filmmakers. I'm just don't like them. They just too mean for you, and I understand. I think I think in many ways you're right. <laughs> and I think I really Evan Hunter. Yep, there it is. Eleanor and Frank, man. And that is the last of the trailers tonight. And I didn't know this was last summer. But well, that's yeah, cool. Right that's now, yeah, that's cool. And now we're going to go over to a film that, well, we're not getting any lighter, folks. No, we're not. Can I warn them? Yeah, go ahead and warn them while we're looking up the film, which is... Siege and it's on Shutter, which should tell you something right then and there. Okay, this film, for the first 15 minutes of this film, I may avert my eyes. There's a lot of really anti-gay slurs in it, and it's and it's very nasty. Uh, you know, I'm I'm an adjunct to the LGBTQ community this one's rough for me because i dealt with a lot of shit like this when i was well not a siege but you know being uh uh pushed down and beat the fuck up and all that sort of stuff this one's rough people i'm gonna warn you yeah this one was a rarely seen movie this one didn't get much of a distribution over here probably because it's so fucking mean well, it's funny. We'll get into it, but but where I worked at Limestone, we uh, uh, basically could get a lot of Canadian films, but this one definitely we did not. I had never seen this, never heard of this until you brought it up to me that you wanted to do a, a, a watch of it, and I can see why you want to do a watch of it. I understand that completely. Uh, <laughs> I'm this not going to say much for the first 10, 15 years. Yeah. It's also one of your early 80s action films like Vigilante, Siege, uh, Miss 45, uh, Death Wish 2. They are an exceptionally mean, dark, crude, and violent film. Yeah, and that, that basically is what this film is. Yeah. <laughs> So, you ready? I'm at Shudder, and it says play. Okay, I just I just went right past that and hit it at zero, zero, zero. Okay. So, I'm, I'm right there Let with me you. Get re- Let me get ready. Let me get ready. Okay. And, yeah, zero, 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 that's where Severin is. Okay. Right. Okay, we're ready, and everyone get ready with us in five, four, three, Two, one, go. I've talked a lot about the Southern way and how we would get the Southern films from the distribution, but up north, how far away from you from a major Canadian distribution hub? Okay, so we were in, uh, I lived in Bradford, PA. Right across the border was Limestone. 
New York. That's where the drive-in was. Okay, the person who ran the drive-in was a guy by the name of Howard Seagram. And, and Howard was a great guy. He was a film collector. He also uh, did independent films for the drive-in. Basically did a lot of 60s and 70s exploitation, but he also had connections up in Canada uh, because he knew people up there. You know, you go up to Buffalo, you go up to Toronto uh, to film the distribution thing. And so he he would get, get uh, um, Canadian films. For example, he ran the Canadian cut as Shivers as opposed to They Came From Within which is the American title. He, right. he did, I remember, I remember one of the ones he did, uh, he did the Andromeda Strain, and he also had Plague, which is the Canadian version of that. Yeah. Let All me right. explain something. If he would have gotten shivers from, from uh, AIP, he would have had to have the film delivered from the main distribution in California to a sub-distributor would deliver it to the big sub distributor close to him and it would have gotten to him and everybody would have gotten paid and that's money mm-hmm. on money on money on money but since he could get it direct from Canada that cuts out a lot of the middlemen and makes it cheaper on him exactly exactly but yeah By this way, one is go ahead well, I was no, just going to say that the, the score to this is actually one of the stronger parts of this film. Really, I like the score to this. Well, we're okay, going to talk later about everything that come out of the people that directed and produced this film. Like, one of your favorite uh, Canadian sci-fi series. <laughs> oh, yes! So this is actually based on, on on a true, well, you know, on a true event. Because this thing yeah. about Halifax and the police strike actually happened. I did check that. That's very true. Yeah. Halifax police thing in 1981. So the filmmakers basically filmed as much as footage as they could of and got news footage of the cops on strike and wrote the film around it. So in a way, this is what we called a found footage film back in the 80s, 60s, and 70s, and things like that. That's where you found, like, news footage and something like that and used it for a movie, to write the movie around. And it would save you money because could you pay... How, can you imagine how much setting up a scene like that to shoot would be? Right. With all the cars and everything, shutting down the streets, getting that fucking bulldozer. Oh, yeah. So this is all actual footage. At least it, I, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. Well, if it looks like shit, it's, poli- it's the real TV footage. <laughs> okay. Because if you notice, when it gets into the movie part, it starts looking a hell of a lot better in quality. Yes, that's true. And I've heard people complain about movies like this from this era. Oh, I don't like how certain scenes look like shit and certain don't. 
I do, because you can tell what was cut or what was added to the film. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the closest film to this that I remember from the era is Blackout. Do you remember Blackout? Yeah, it's another Canadian film, and I think it was based on the same incident, only quirkier. See, look at the quality here. Boop, 200%. And this yeah. is a shot directly out of Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. And doesn't that look like downtown Pittsburgh at night? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Old Maybe Pittsburgh, that shot. yeah. Yeah, there's a, you know what I mean. Tiffany's just plants or pants. Okay, I, I'm I, I'm starting to get scared oh, here. Dad, don't I, no, this is yeah, but yeah, he would get all sorts of gems cheap because he lived close to the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, how Howard did. You know, he'd go up to Buffalo or he'd go right right across to Hamilton yeah. and pick up stuff. For, you know, and he had collectors up there, too. Yeah, the crypt. Oh, God. Okay, so what we have here is a gay bar, people. Yeah, and they would have to do it like that. You would have to walk down three or four levels of stairs to get into it. Like uh, the club and basket case was the infamous, one of the versions of the infamous hell club. And this is more like a gay bar would be set up rather than cruising. Gay people in there drinking beer and being around gay people. That's a big myth that I like to misconstrue that this movie gets right. The, the other thing, too, about this is notice that it is a mixed gay bar. So it's not just gay males. You notice the two females there. Yeah. And, and once you see the last twist, the, them just sitting there makes a hell of a lot of sense. No. But you have to wait to the... Okay, if you're watching this for the first time with us, then go fuck yourself. These guys are cops. No, no, no. You shouldn't have said that. No, this is for people who watch it the second time. If you're watching this for the first time, then fuck you. You shouldn't watch a movie the first time with a commentary, even as one great as ours. (laughs) Right? No, I'm being serious. Am I right, Carl? Yeah. But, yeah, but it does help knowing that these are really cops and that's why they ain't doing shit. I mean, this is some brutal shit. Oh, this is. I'm not going to be saying much for the next 10, 15 minutes. I'm just letting you know. This one... Why? Because there is a rule in the movie. You have to show the bad guys being complete and total ugly motherfuckers so that any violent thing that happens to them in the rest of the film is excusable. That 
Yeah. This type but of that, thing happened to me. Okay. I want oh, people to understand Oh, it happens all that. the time. Now, this is not set in some fantasy fucking world. This type no, of shit I'm happens saying all the time. No, but I'm saying this happened. I'm saying this shit happened to me. Yeah, after you pissed me off about a couple of times in the past. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, seriously, that you notice what there isn't in this bar. What? You know what? Drag queens. You know why? No, there isn't. You know why? Drag queens would fucking just pull out switchblades and cut the motherfuckers the fuck up as soon as they started that shit. <laughs> well, just remember, as far as Stonehenge is concerned, it was the drag queens. Yeah, that, they just that, grab bricks and start that. fucking shit up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it me or is he acting so homophobic? It ain't even funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, homophobia to me, you know, why does it even bother you? They're not bothering you, you know. And and there's this 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 sense of of, of uh, you know uh, never see, mind. I, see what did he just call them? What did he just call them? Fascist pigs. And right. In the 70s, 80s, what word did you use for pigs? Uh, cops. Cops. Yeah. Yes, they will. There's six bullets in that gun, motherfucker. Right? Right. (laughs) Did you hear that in the background? Shoot them. What? They're back there. Shoot them. Shoot them all. (laughs) They ain't placing, are they? Nope. They're like, kill that motherfucker. Yep. Oh, shit. It's a starter pistol. I don't know any bar in that era that would have a starter pistol's protection. They would at least no, have no, a goddamn no. ball bat. Oh, they'd have ball bats. Uh, uh, guns, not so much, to be honest. Because no, they were shotguns, particularly. Yeah. <laughs> they were laws in that sort of Yeah, just. Oh, God, this is warning if you're of a sensitive type, turn your eyes. Close your eyes, Carl. I'm sorry. I know. I've already seen this. Oh, yeah. How the fuck did he? Oh, yeah, he landed on that glass, didn't he? Yep, he did. But like I said, from near here on, anything that happens to these fucks, you don't give a damn about and root. Oh yeah. Well, well, you, you gotta you gotta set it up so you know who you're rooting for, right? Well, you got or just know who you hate. Right. Exactly. Okay. You never think we can do anything. God. 
idea to call him this guy. Yeah, and now they're going to call this other guy. He's yeah, worse than the boss. Well, you know he's a ba- you know he's an evil son of a bitch. He has purple headlights. Yeah. <laughs> and how come every bad guy in this movie drives a green Cadillac? That was that was the car that they could get for the movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who? There's two of them right there, and they're from the bad guy, bad guy. <laughs> one's green and one's black. Do you think this guy had a thing against green Cadillacs? Oh, you can tell Maybe. this guy's a mean motherfucker just by the way he's standing there. Yep. But you know what was the most underrated early 80s action film that was kind of mean, too, that no one really talks about? What? Nighthawk. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone, uh, what's his, uh, Rutger Hauer, Rutger Billy Howard. D. Williams. How can you forget Rutger Hauer? God damn. It took me a segment. I got his name come up. Hey, motherfucker, I got brain damage. No joke. <laughs> okay. No joke. I'll, I'll give it to you then. Yeah. God. See, don't, don't what he's saying really fit more that once they once you learn they're cops because of what they're saying, it's our words against ours. This could be very harmful to our cause. You know. Yep. Yeah, you know what they do to cops in jail. Yeah, they do. God. Oh, this is. Uh, I'm having. I'm just Thank letting God you know. God, nothing like this never happened in real life, which is a bar massacre. Yeah. I think it's because anyone who would even think about that does not know the power and outreach of the gay community. That if you kill one of them, there'd be like twenty of them that knew the motherfucker that would probably track you down. You didn't fuck around on the dudes. Well, don't forget, like, the pulse, uh, what happened at Pulse and so on and so forth. If you think that this doesn't happen now, you're out of your fucking mind. Oh, God, yeah, this happens now. I mean, goddamn, don't you remember that show we did about where you read every name of every victim Absolutely. that was killed in that son of a bitch? Yep, yeah. And why the hell did he put a silencer on his goddamn gun if he's going to shoot him with a pillow? Well, he threw away the pillow. Now he doesn't need it. <laughs> he's like, they're still, oh, yeah. They always got to be one. Fuck you. And I love it. They all guard the front door, but no, <laughs> none of them guarding the back door. Your money at work, people. Yep. But then again, didn't a lot of gay bars have like uh, secret ways out? Well, like well there's this? always two entrances. There's always two entrances. Yeah. 
One that the cops didn't know about. <laughs> so if they decide to uh, visit... I love it. This guy just hauling ass. Yeah. But yeah, around this area, we start this time, 83, 84, we started getting a lot of our exploitation, horror, and sleeves Canadian distributors because of the Canadian tax shelter breaks. They can make movies like this and not really worry about if it made money or not. Because most generally of the that, that just, went under about eighty four. That went yeah. under about eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, but the amount of films made during that period, goddamn. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And I would consider this a less sleazy version of Tentenements. Yeah, wouldn't I you, Carl? Yeah, because Tenement, if you haven't seen it, oh my God, it makes this it makes this look like Howard's End. Seriously, yeah. If there's movies on Carl's, we're not going to watch it to drive in list. That would probably be on it. Yes. Hey, Carl, let's watch Tenement. Nope! (laughs) (laughs) These may be some of the stupidest cops I have ever seen in a movie. Next to, uh... Well, no, they're stupid. (laughs) I love this. They got Canadian names. That's the only way you would know this is a Canadian film besides them talking about Nova Scotia. Right. Ian. And let's not forget who can what two guys came out to be the kings of Canada. Okay. One, one of them would have to be closer. Yeah, that was going to be my number one. Two would be Ivan Reitman. And plus, he helped make Cronenberg's first two films. And what was the film he directed? Cannibal Girls. He did Cannibal yeah, he Girls, did Cannibal too. Cannibal Girls. That was the, SC, they called that the SCTV horror film because it had Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin on it. Uh, it also had um, the guy who, who did... Uh, who did the, the uh, Joe Flaherty? Had Joe Flaherty too. Joe Flaherty's in that. Fuck you! No, there's no Canadians that liked Ann Murray. As a matter of fact, if you ask a Canadian what they Flaherty. did, I said Joe, yeah, Joe Flaherty. Flaherty. I just said that on the movie. Nova Scotia's goddess Ann Murray. If you ask any Canadian if they liked Ann Murray, they'll cuss you out. Am I right, Carl? <laughs> well. Well, no, no. At this at this point in time, it's uh, you know who they hate worse. Ooh. What's her name? The, the one I can't fucking stand. 
Oh, and I well, oh, both I just of had... them. Yeah. Yeah. Celine Dion, the manly woman. That's who I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah. hate Celine Dion. But yeah, yeah. Can't... Did you like Ed Murray? Fuck you. Even Robin Bougie, the sweetest person <laughs> in the world, <laughs> gave me shit because I asked him if he liked Ed Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, what we have here are our innocents that's going to be, they're, they're going to be caught up in this whole shit. That's what scared the shit out of Carl right there, that they only had one cigarette. Yeah, really. Carl no, started seriously. panicking right there. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. How chivalrous is he? Woman, your last cigarette, Carl? Only if she would make the run for new ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Them cops can't run for shit. No, they can't. I don't know. I grab one of them big ass pieces of wood and fuck some shit up. And plus, it's got a blind guy in here. Yay! Yay! But yeah, Canadians, we would got stuff from Cronenberg, uh, Ivan Reitman. There was a and, lot and a couple of, of shit. A couple of the big ones you haven't mentioned is Ed Hunt. Yeah, Ed Hunt. Uh, let's see, who else? Um, those are the ones that I remember from my era. Yeah. Well, that is that era. I'm just, that is that era, Carl. There really wasn't because after the tax shelter went through, the Canadian film industry basically died outside of made for Canadian films. And then when the TV tax breaks kicked in, they really kicked alive again. Yeah. And that was but the involve of New York being pricked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When uh, New York City started putting all those taxes, it was like, come to New Canada. We won't tax your asshole out like New York City. <laughs> we won't tell you you can't shoot this. And Carl Saber Shield Equalizer went, oh, shit. I'm gone. Yeah. I love so, it. They're so, acting so the, human. Right. You know, you know, so this is the big question. Do you, do you save the guy or not? You know, I would. Murder's murder, motherfucker. I would, too. I would, too. <laughs> oh, I've seen 
this motherfucker in a lot of teen films. Don't call me turkey, asshole. You see that? They're acting like cops. How come you didn't catch on to that sooner, Carl? Yeah, really. Because I was still traumatized by the first 15 fucking minutes. I know, I know. And I'm not joking about that either. Oh, I know. I'm not saying that you're not. Well, remember we had that conversation like, I don't think I can do this movie. Yeah. Yeah, with your two by four bringing ass, motherfucker. M1 Garand. There's Carl, except that he was yeah, in KB. Remember, cops are on strike, dumbass. Yep. You know, the one thing about this movie, I'll, I'll give it, is you don't know any of the actors, but they're doing a good job here. Well, actually, you do if you've watched enough B-movies from Canada. Like the fat guy I've seen in a lot of stuff, the curly-haired guy, the blind guy, I mean. you saw, I've seen him in a few films. Oh, yeah, but this doesn't have very convex, though. Yeah, I know. This is why this is why I doubt it's a full Canadian film. <laughs> like highballing. I was like, I wonder what part of the South, and then all of a sudden they show Barry Convex, and I'm like, oh, this is Canadian. <laughs> yep. And personally, there's nothing wrong with that. We love Barry Convex. See, Canadian, Daniel, not Daniel. Yeah. But, yeah, you could get an amazing amount of great stuff cheap from Canada if you live close to the Canadian distributors, which your guy did. And that's why I put on their description, the Canadian Connection. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is don't forget they weren't just uh, uh, distributors. They were collectors, too. One of the things that yeah. I saw that I know that came from Canada was one of his uh, friends 
had The Undertaker and his pals and had it like at 80, 82 minutes, which for that film is like, oh, my God, there's 15 extra yeah, minutes. Yeah, I think the uh, only print that you can get on a DVD now is uh, 69 minutes. Exactly. This had like 15 more minutes of that, you know, 10, yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. And he was thrilled to get it. Because that was one of the things he'd been looking for, a good cut of that. I remember that. Because he came into the store and it's like, we got something special this week. You got to be there. But that's what most people don't understand. Like uh, at the Riverside, they would bitch at you and say, why can't you get more 35 millimeter? Why can't you get more 35 millimeter? People don't understand how expensive. Expensive. Those fucking reels were. Oh, they—it's so fucking expensive, man. Yeah, and I'm amazed. I bet you were kind of buffed back then. By the time you left the drive-in, even from carrying those fucking reel cans with the reels in them, they're pretty fucking feet. Yeah, seriously. Uh, And then, and then I had to get them in order too because they were never in fucking order. No, they just. No. <laughs> but yeah, now, he never let me. He never let heavy. me thread him. Yeah. He never let me thread him. Uh, but but uh, yeah. um, but if they were in, if they were um, already threaded, and you had to change the projectors, he let me do that a couple times. Yeah, but basically but I can understand all I did was why he's not threading because you never would know. Just imagine. Like we've uh, joked about before on the phone, but not. You got a film, and it came on four reels. But the person who had the print before you didn't give a fuck. So you had reel one on reel two, and reel two on reel three. And you have to fucking fix that before you can shoot the movie properly. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, there's so much good stuff that come out of Canadian that we can't get nowadays because of the tax shelf problem. I think uh, when, uh, which one was it, Shivers or Rabid, that Cronenberg said that he had to get like 60 to 80 Rabbit. people. It was Rabbit. Rabbit. It was Rabbit. 60 to 80 people to sign off before he could even touch his own fucking negatives. Yep. I'd hate to say how many people had to sign off on something like this. Oh and God. plus you would get the have to get the rights to uh the movie see if the news footage was stock footage. Yep. Pretty fucking rituals, crazy. uh Lawrence Harvey, rest in peace, who died about three or four weeks ago. Lawrence Dane. Lawrence Dane died uh, two or three or four weeks ago, rest in peace. Yep. He said to get the rights to rituals, he had to get like 47 people the rights to. And also that... He had to not only get the people who invested to sign up in it, 
about 15 of them, he had to get family members to sign off. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. And it just seemed to me that Canadian exploitation had a darker bent than the American exploitation from this time. Well, I I don't know if I would say that specifically because there were definitely dark ones, but but they but I think maybe the best way to put it is grittier. They were gritty. Yeah. Like no, I mean, uh the one and only uh let's see, The House by the Lake, that was a Canadian film. It played in drive ins yep. all over the through the seventies with Don Stroud and Blinda Vaccaro. That yep. one was Canadian. And it's dark and gritty as fuck too. Oh yeah. And Sunday in the country, which I wish was somebody would put out so we could do that one on the show. That one is a fucked up piece of work. Yeah, I didn't know that film until you talked to me about it. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. They're just building tension. That's something they wouldn't do in action films nowadays. Even my beloved Raid don't did don't didn't you know? Oh yeah. Ha 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 ha! Oh, that's fucking beautiful, ain't it? Yeah, it is. And God knows, I love that fucking bow and arrow, man. Yeah. Beautiful. And this is a movie that ha- is really don't have sympathy. In most films, us disabled people would be pissed because they wouldn't kill the disabled person. No. Right, Carl? Right. And, and that's one thing I do have to mention on this, that the way they handle the disabled person, we both, you know, have I- issues with how they generally do that, you and I. Yeah. Uh, they do it right here. They really do. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yikes. And I love the sound those guns are making. Yep. Now, the the, the thing I have to... I have to say here, it is a little bit of a stretch of the imagination that these people that are under siege have all this stuff and know all this shit that they can do to fuck these people up. I mean, it is a little bit of a stretch. Well, they don't have that much. They got a gun with two clips and a bow and arrow. But they know they have a guy that, that knows how to electrocute people and shit like that, which yeah, is coming up, by the a way. World War II vet. That would be, you know. They get, like, it, this isn't nothing next to the over-the-top shit that the bad guy, good guys do to the bad guys in fucking tenements. Or the king of over-the-top tent siege movies. Which is Death Wish 3. Oh, God. <laughs> that movie is so over the top that it goes into brilliance. 
You know what the biggest problem is? They oh, only I have one cigarette. <laughs> Uh, be yeah. <laughs> uh. Me, I wouldn't be leaving by the front door. If there's a back door to that motherfucker, I would be trucking out that son bitch. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. He just did. He's fucked acting lies, you fucking cunt. Fuck you, that's a decision. Me or me or them. Well, there's more of them. Yep. Uh, didn't they just know that blood? That red shit? Yeah. Oh, God. No, don't do that. Don't do that shit. No, step outside. Go, God damn. But no, 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 no. Get your, get your motherfucking ass <laughs> back, you know? <laughs> this is the kind of movie you'd hear yelling at in the theaters. Motherfucker, oh, get no, your ass back in the motherfucking theater, you know? Get your fucking ass up there. See, I love how quick he put two and two together. Right. And you got to remember, all the guns and shit come from Chester. There's always that one motherfucker that collects his weapon. He's too nerd for his own good. That's the only over-the-top character with a pocket protector and everything. Come on. Right. See? Oh, shit. See, that already explains how he knows all that shit. Yeah, true. That magazine don't even exist anymore because it got in legal trouble because of all of the little hints and tips that it gave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can hear pretty goddamn well. Well, yeah, I mean, I love how they explain it with something like that rather than a big-ass speech. All they had to do is show, like, Soldier of Fortune magazine. You're like, okay, this guy is a fucking, you know. And I love how they have that where they can just sneak shit across to each other. It's, It's good stuff. This is really good stuff. Yeah. I hope this, this this really does find an audience now that Severance put it out. And it's on... I just don't like that it's on Shudder. Well, personally, I'm glad it's on Shudder because otherwise I wouldn't be doing this with you. Yeah, but how, how hard do you think it's going to be like BFW to get action fans when you say, oh, you need to see this badass little 80s action film. What's it on? Shudder. 
Oh, that's that fucking horror channel. Yeah. But, like, you know, I don't call this a horror movie. This is not a horror movie. Oh, God, no. This is an action film. We yeah. were scared to shit out of watching action films. Like, and they would go for that intensity. Absolutely. Absolutely they would. See, look at this mother. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, he um, pays to live next to a gun. Uh, oh, that's the bad guys. Yep. Yeah. You know what's bullshit about that? Do you remember uh, how big the fucking silencer was in No Country for Old Men? Absolutely. That's how probably big you would fucking need for a silencer for a fucking shot-off pump shotgun. Oh, yeah. Big as a Texas tall boy. Why do you got to give them credit, man? You know, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're fighting back. Yeah. This, this is a cool scene. Yeah, they're preparing. Pardon me, but I had to get my snack. Ha, ha, ha. I love it. He's got that knife stuck up his uh, thing. Oh, fuck. Only two bullets. Ha, 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 ha. God bless. I love Chester already. Don't yep. you? Oh, Chester's Why don't cool. he have a whole box of bullets? Oh, he shot him at the police station the first night. <laughs> One... Fucking arrow. Yeah, but they can do shit, though. See, that's the whole point. It's about improvising. Oh, and they'll... Yeah! Would they allow them to go into that much detail about uh, making a pipe bomb in our days. Well, just remember this. Okay, to live and die in L.A.? Yeah. You know, they got caught for fucking counterfeiting because it was so (laughs) close to what they usually do. (laughs) And they were guessing. No, they weren't guessing. Not on that film. Not by a long shot. <laughs> Which one of those has never shot a machine gun in their life before this movie? <laughs> <laughs> that would be me and you shooting the machine gun, wouldn't it, Carl? <laughs> oh, shit. And where the fuck did they get the gas mask? <laughs> this guy's fucking got almost everything. That's what I'm saying. This, this, you know, definitely. But uh, he's got the, third uh, soldier of fortune magazine. Mm-hmm. Ha 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 ha
Mm-hmm. I'd shoot the motherfucker with the night scope. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have to ask me twice. No. You wouldn't have to ask me either. Oh, shit. Home Alone mm-hmm. ripped this movie off. Saul and what is that shit? Vinegar. What? Salt and vinegar. What? Mm. Oh, shit. I know what he's making. Yeah. A more advanced version of what they did in the last house on the left. Exactly. Salt water is more conductive than water water. Right. You know why he's the leader? Because he sends everyone in there to get their dick shot off. Exactly. That's why I want to be the leader. <laughs> That's the nice thing about being the leader, ain't it, Carl? Yep. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I would do it if I could, but I have uh, the ends need me here to supervise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least you never had to deal with some of the problems I had to deal with. <laughs> like me? No, Skype. <laughs> no, you ain't oh, nothing yeah. oh, to some God. of those Skype nightmares we had. Fuck oh, that good shit. God. No time for a hoochie coochie. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this would be great to watch at the drive in, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that's a great shot through the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, doo doo doo. It's like he's been waiting for this shit. Yeah, really. You can tell Joe Bagos. I don't know how, but he had to have seen this one, too, don't you think? I would think so. Ew, poopy! <laughs> I've never seen pink plastic explosive before. It looks like uh, a sausage with the casing cut off. They didn't Maybe have it, so it they is. used the sausage with the casing cut off. Yeah, that makes sense since he's putting the nails in. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> this motherfucker don't know how to carry a gun. See, that's how you carry yeah. one of the zip guns like that. Mm-hmm. 
Knock, knock. <laughs> no Daniel, Danielle. Danielle. Is that a gay or Canadian name? I'm not sure. Well, well, Danielle, that that's more like um French Canadian. Yeah. Well, Nova Scotia is French close to French is French Canadian territory. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Nova Scotia is actually an island. You stupid son of a bitch. Hey! Mm -hmm. Nice. Times in action movies, would you see them not check and see if they killed the guy? Who's dead? (laughs) (laughs) Now that fucking hurts, man. Mm -hmm. He got he got fucked up. I'm trying to think, what other movies did I see that goofy, curly-headed motherfucker in? I don't know. Hold on. Maybe I can tell you. (laughs) Is he dead yet? Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, Oh, that hurts. Defcon 4, he's in that too. Yes, he is. 
Yeah, this is the other one. The guy who went and make Siege, uh, the director went on to make one of Carl's favorites, right? Defcon 4. I like Defcon 4, yes. Yeah, and the producers went to make the Canadian series, which Vicky loves and Carl never liked, called Lex. Oh, God, I fucking hate that show. But, yeah, isn't it fun that they went from this movie on to such a big career? Mm-hmm. Hey, a Brooklyn flamethrower, Carl. Oh, my God. So, so you know that the... the the pocket protector guy? Yeah. I I figured out what he was in. Happy birthday to me. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. Got it. Yeah, Brooklyn Flamethrower. Right, Carl? Aquanet the Lighter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look at homeboy at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, just like. How come he's bleeding? They shot. Oh, they shot him an arrow too. My bad. No. Nice. <laughs> How the fuck did this happen? But yeah, a lot of these people I've seen in other Canadian productions. But yeah, DEFCON 4 is the one that got in trouble because it uh, illegally misused music. I forget from what movie it was. But it got caught on it and it was naughty naughty. And we never got an uncut Lex until the DVDs hit, right, Carl? Yeah. Why you would want to watch it is beyond me, but that's me. Because <laughs> it had nudity and sex, Carl. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out. They will. I know, but you got it. Oh, God damn. Oh, God damn. Of all the places to get shot, I'd rather get shot in the fucking arm than the fucking thumb. Yeah, really. 
shit! I love how everyone gets realistic injuries in this movie. There's no action no. movie injuries in this. No. Down and gritty. If you kill, if they kill the cat, then fuck this movie. Yeah, really. I wouldn't mess with a surly drunk about 2 a.m. in the morning. He don't give a fuck. Well, shit. Well, goddamn, that's all there is for him. Because you pissed on it. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> I love how because they have so few weapons they don't fuck around. No, they don't. There's none of that willy-nilly shooting shit. Except by the bad guys. Yeah, but that's because they got a lot of bullets and no brains. Right, exactly. Aha! There's the cigarette! (laughs) Yeah. A little bit of smoke, let me down. <laughs> of course. Is the gay guy still alive or is he dead? No, he's still alive. Still alive. Uh, so, here you are, you're 60 minutes into the film and you think, it's over. It's not. No, there's still the main psycho there. Yep. And he's, he's still not in the dead. Cycle. No, the guy on the roof is not dead either. He just wishes he so, was. So, you know, it makes sense that they think it's over, though. Yeah, they haven't seen the main psycho. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, don't go out by yourself, motherfucker. Uh, amen, brother. Drink one for Steve tonight, all you motherfuckers. No. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's how everybody feels. I love that. Instead of just, you fucking coward, it's like, yeah, join the club. Mm-hmm.
I love how she's going into mother mode right now. Yeah. Oh, man, they're not going to kill off that bad motherfucker, are they? Shit! Yes, they are. Oh, wait, he's still got his knife. Come on. No! Oh, God damn. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you accidents magic on deuce all the people to screaming at the screen at this guy right here right now. Motherfucker, goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> It just seemed to me that they, I mean, it just, they raided a police arsenal. See, there's the gay guy right there. Oh, shit, he just told him that there's someone left. Now they know he's there. What the hell is he doing? Oh, okay. Never mind. Why didn't the other ones play it that smart? Because they aren't. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm the one in the fucking charge. I'm not surprised. Usually if you look up a low-budget Canadian exploitation film from this era, you will find 20 or so credits of movies that you know more from the directors and the producers than was than the film that's the obscure exploitation film that you love. Right, Carl? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what did you think of the director the first time you seen Shivers? That obscure Canadian guy, you were like, I wonder if this guy's got any future. Oh, are you kidding? I knew he did. I knew he did. I, you know, as far as Shivers, I'd never seen anything like that. It was so grotesque and so, oh, and like, oh, my God, what am I watching? Yeah, what did you think of that scene towards the end where they left in the blooper of that stupid idiot supposedly jumping out of the locker instead of just falling flat on his ass? Yeah. You know you know the scene from that that I remember is the Barbara Steele scene in the back. Oh, the one with thinking more of the kissing scene with the parasite going up her neck and into uh, the other girl's neck. But but no no yeah, but that's that's after she's she's infected. When yeah. she gets infected, Father Steele and the bathtub in her goes right up her vagina. Yeah. That's one of the least graphic scenes in the movie. I know, but it's like it didn't I need know. to be graphic. That's the whole point.
fruit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hello. Yep, kind of cute. I bet they, I bet they were saying like, "God damn it, we haven't. What have we not gotten this movie to make us a perfect fucking exploitation film? Uh, we ain't got no tits yet. Okay. But you know the funny thing is you don't get them. Yeah, we do. Mistaken. Yeah, we just seen them. See through tits. Yeah, but through, but but not nudity. Not new Yeah, but we don't give a damn. Back then, we didn't care as long as they <laughs> oh, okay. were tits like Never this, mind. you know. Really, honestly. That was a bonus if you got naked titties, but that was more of the mid-80s. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit, get in that motherfucker. Get in that motherfucker. Ain't funny. After Big knife she had. He she fucked him up with just a pair of nail trimmers. Yeah. Right now, I pulled the Bobby Rhodes from Demons. A.K.A. I kick in that motherfucking door. Fuck that shit. Move. <laughs> ain't a fat ass for no reason. Right, girl. Right. Just throw my fat ass through the door. But what's sad, this is more intense than a lot of horror films I've seen that try to be intense movies. You right. know. Agreed. This one doesn't have any slack. No, it doesn't. It's well paced. There's no question of that. Oh, God, yeah. Hey, very well paced. Definitely fucking well paced. Sorry if I'm acting a little shell shocked, but I almost got my throat cut. This motherfucker's yeah. just taking his goddamn time, ain't he? Yes, he is. I mean, this one I would put with things like Silent Rage, uh, uh, Vice Squad, just on the pure intenseness of it. That's why when we were 11 or 12 in my days, folks, we didn't have to worry about seeing the horror films. We went to the fucking action movies. Mm-hmm. And particularly the, 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 the lower budget stuff. Because, you oh, know, God, you to yeah. a, to a big budget, it's all explosions and all this big stuff. This is more personal, right? Yeah. This is much more, you know, a survival thing. You know, and and, and sur- this is a survival movie. Yeah. Very much a survival movie. 
And survival movies have always been my favorite. You know, from the most I mean, dangerous in, game on on. You know, but even if you get into Deliverance or you get into, uh, you know, the Walter Hill stuff and that sort of thing, you know, it's still about survival. Yeah, but that was low. What my favorite survival film of Warren's, of uh, Walter Hill's would have to be a film that come out in this same time, eighty two, eighty four, and that would be Southern Comfort. Right, and 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 there's there's a lot to that. Um, yeah. Only Walter Hill could make a movie set in the vastness of the woods in the bayou. And have it be fucking claustrophobic as a motherfucker. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. It's the claustrophobia, right? Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Ah, shit. Okay, we want to. And never mind, because most of y'all are going to be listening to this after we record, after uh, the movie is finished. So if you're listening to it live, you're going to go, motherfuck, here in about five minutes. Sorry. (laughs) Yep. That's kind of what you do. Yeah. Is that you, Horatio? (laughs) Yes. Only in Canada would they have a hero called Horatio. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the fuck did he shoot him? Not sure. I would suggest the way I didn't complain, even when they cut my stomach open a tiny bit to uh, remove the fluid, I'm either tough or stupid. I I haven't figured out which one yet. Either Mm -hmm. one would be plausible. Right. But I won't be stupid enough to leave a fucking knife like that laying around. True. A good blade is a good blade. What's the matter, homeboy? Can't you lift your dick? You know, I'd love, if I was making that film, I had him lift that gun like that and then trip and fall off the fucking building. Right. <laughs> Just as a fucking point. Oh! Whoa. You could hear, I bet he's at the drive-in, you could probably hear a mouse fart about this time in the movie. You wouldn't even see yeah. nobody at the snack bar. Everybody would be like, shut the fuck up. This is when you would look for an empty cup in your car if you got a piss. Right. <laughs> yeah, the empty, the, empty, the empty cup was very apparent. Trust me on that. <laughs> I'm not joking either. Yeah, oh, I know. I'm not joking either. You have that empty large cup and just... 
I'm sorry, whenever I hear the word Horatio, I keep thinking of some fancy English novel or something like Moby Dick. No, no, no. Uh, it's Hamlet. Alas, Horatio. Oh. Alas, Derek, I knew him well. Yeah. Horatio. Horatio. That's what I think. Yeah. Don't say Hamlet. God damn, you want to curse the show? <laughs> the A- the Danish play. The Danish play, people. Look what happened to the Oscar when they said the H word, when they talked about the Danish play under its full title. Right. <laughs> okay, we're almost we're almost home, people. Fuck yeah. You only need two bullets if you know how to fucking shoot. Exactly. Oh, look in his face. I'm shot. What about, what's his name? Is he all right? You'll see. No, I I think protector guy, pocket protector guy is gone. No, I mean the gay guy. Yeah, but hold on. Don't be, you know, be quiet. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah! Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he just let him get that one shot in. Rather than the usual shot would just be motherfucking just going nuts with an axe. Right. Like I say, this movie keeps it real in a good way. There goes the street sweeper. Oh, there's dumbass with the... Yeah. He escapes. Yeah. And why does he escape? Because of a crucial point which we're going to see soon. That confirms a lot of stuff we've been talking about in this movie. After 42 days, the strike ended and police returned to normal duty. And it explains what the no on their shoulder pads really meant, right? Right. No work unless we get a contract. Oh, and there's your ball, Carl. See? They Great. were cops. Yeah. That's a hell of a stinger. Oh, yeah. Did you notice they didn't use music that much in this movie? No, and, and, and that I do like. And when they used it, it was very judicious. Yeah. It's a good film. It's a good film. I still have trouble with that first 15 minutes. Oh, God, I understand. Yeah. I seriously have big trouble with that. Yeah, but once it kicks in and he gets to the building and everything, it it just goes. Once it gets to the building, it fucking moves. Well, the pacing's really good. 
Okay, it, it, it's you know that that's a movie I I would term efficient. You yeah. understand what I mean? That's a good it's thing. Yeah. And there's one thing about uh, people talk about that, but Badlands by Malik is a very efficient movie. Yeah, but the other word I, I, I use for efficient is workmanlike, too. Well, not workmanlike. This, I'm talking efficient is, is it doesn't waste a frame of fucking film. And honestly, exactly. you can, as much as I don't like his work, I have never seen a wasted frame in a Malick film. No, I agree. I've seen wasted films in wannabe Malicks. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, Carl, you're lucky to get so many Canadian films before we even got to Remember, when? To, what year did you see uh, Shivers at the Drive-In? Oh, it was one of the last years I worked. It was like 75 or 76. The rest of us didn't get to see the goddamn motherfucker at 86. And then you wouldn't have known we did, would you, Carl? Well, actually, I did know. Actually, what I, I mean is uh, you didn't, right? Because well, you knew Shivers. You didn't know they came from within. They came from, from within. A fucking hole yeah. in the ground. Of course, you know, I did know, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Imagine eight years of uh, uh, eight years of people like you or people in Canada who had seen. God damn that movie Shivers! You need to see if it ever comes out. You need to see it if it ever comes out. And guess what? We looked. You know they probably looked for fucking Shivers, but all they seen was they came from within. Which I but think all is you a had to do title. was watch like three seconds of it, and you're like, "Holy shit! It's Shivers!" Right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, actually, especially with that beginning scene. But, but you know, the thing about it is with, with Howard, I, I can tell you that he loved Ed Hunt. We we did at least two or three Ed Hunts. Yeah. Uh, what uh, Ed Hunt we, would you recommend to uh, those of us dipping our toes into uh, Canadian exploitation? Definitely Plague. Plague is almost as good as the Andromeda strain. Seriously, I'm not joking. Yeah. Almost. Um, happy, uh, what's the one? Uh, it's not happy birthday to me, but the birthday one. Oh, bloody birthday. Bloody birthday. Yeah, that one's good. Fucking psycho Those kid. are the two that I would truly recommend. There, he's done a lot of others, too. Which, If, yeah. if you see the name Hunt as a director, it's a good, solid film. I guarantee you that. And the ones that I would recommend that's in obscurity would be, of course, A Quiet Day in the Country, uh, uh, Rituals. Yeah, Rituals for sure. Love Rituals. And uh, I'm trying to think of it. God damn it. A House by the Lake, if you get a chance to, that one's good. There's one that's in my head that I know it, but I, yeah, fuck it. I'll remember it someday. 
probably after the show's over. Sorry, folks. But, yeah, everybody from us here at the Starlight. Oh, oh before we go, happy... before we go, okay. before we go. Yeah. You asked me, how could I have forgotten about this? You talked about Ed Hunt. Starship uh, invasions. Oh, God, yeah. I've got that on one of Bull Creek's uh, drive-in set, uh, science fiction set. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Starship invasions, people. And Bloody Birthday and Plague. And you know the other one, too, is Point of No Return. Yeah. And the Point of No Return, that's one of the few non-Ilsa films that uh, Dwayne Foreign did. Yeah, exactly. And and, and it's uh, science fiction, too. It's it, it's pretty decent. I, I like Ed Hunt a lot, what I've seen of him. So. Wasn't that one with Harry Keitel, a Canadian film, too, Death Watch? Yes, Death Watch was. Oh no, no, that, Death Watch was not. No, that was okay. um, No, no, that was Tavernier. That was Swiss. Okay. That was Switzerland. But yeah, that is of all of the subgenres that have been mined for seventies and eighties exploitation. I have yet to see someone <laughs> and the fans really go nuts on Canadian exploitation. And one of these days, we're going to have to get Paul Karup in here. Paul yeah, well, we already is, is, have. We already have, man. Yeah, we, need, we need to do it again. I need to get Paul and in again. What's fucked up is when we went, got him first on the show about four or five years ago, he was pretty much the only expert on Canadian exploitation films. And guess what, Carl, in the year 2022? He still is. He still fucking is. Why don't people yeah. love it? I mean, Ivan Reitman died. No one talked about his Canadian exploitation films. Nope. Nope. Oh, and Seriously. speaking of Canadian exploitation films, uh, one, the one that we consider the greatest Canadian director of all time has a new film coming out this year. And this is our trailer review. No, no, no. My trailer review? Holy fuck! (laughs) Yeah, well, I. It's like, (laughs) yes! Yeah, it looks like he's back to body horror, people. No, we love your movies, Brandon Cronenberg, but watching your films is like getting a good $5 steak. And then getting a good $10 porterhouse. We see where you get it. You make it as good as, but it's not. It's not your dad. Yeah, not your dad. <laughs> you know, and he's got a daughter that's doing it too. Yeah. You know, so so that's kind of cool. We, we've got a, uh, a mini uh, um, tradition here of Cronenberg's and doing doing horror movies. And by the way, I saw Possessor mm. and the uncut. Yeah. The uncut. Uh-huh. Much better than the cut version. I heard it makes more logical sense. It makes a lot more logical sense. They always cut out the fucking plot, man. I've never understood that. 
I mean, I understand them cutting out the gore from Videodrome, and I wouldn't begrudge them that. But they cut fucking plot. Yeah, I know. And even with the entire uncut Videodrome, with the entire plot, that movie's still, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But we love it anyway. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, people, watch more Canadian exploitation films and have a great Easter. And coming up next week, I'm going to have George here for the first annual, uh, uh, well, the two drive-in Monsterama shows this year. Right, and and it would be good to, to have them. Uh, if I could just uh, make one thing over at Deviant Legion, if I can just say about one big one we've got. Go ahead. Okay, so on on Monday, this Monday, the 18th, over at Deviant Legion, uh, we got a, we got the head, we got the the major major honcho of Trauma Entertainment. Yes, we have Lloyd Kaufman will be with us. On Monday, the 18th, uh, uh, I know. Well, that's perfect for Lloyd. You know, that's the thing about bodily functions. Uh, <laughs> but we got Lloyd. He'll be coming on in the 18th at 8 p.m. You can uh, check us out over at Deviant Legion uh, or Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and uh, just check us out. All right. That's what I got. Yeah. And uh, either I'm going to do a if I can get a hold of my half eight, or I'm going to be there for the first couple of films, which I'm not going to say, because if you know the films that he's going to be showing in the Up All Night, you can win prizes. All it's known is they're going to be showing the American cut of a phenomena called Creepers. And it's the Central Cinema, Up All Night, 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Can you do it? Do you want to do it? Yes, you do. And that, and also showing it central this week for us Knoxville folks is everything, everywhere, all at fucking once. Or, as they call it in South Korea, that fucking multiverse. Which is getting <laughs> some of the best damn reviews this year. Everyone needs to see that one. And, and, and listen, if you're a Michelle Yeoh fan, you have to see it. And even if you're not, see that. Fuck, uh, wait till cable to watch The Crimes of Dumbledore. Take your kids off to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and then you go over and watch Michelle Yeoh act her ass off. And Jamie Lee Curtis, too, which you probably didn't catch her in the trailer, did you? Well, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and... We'll be back, and next time, I promise, from the bottom of my evil little heart, we are going to be doing the love note by New World Pictures, done by New World Pictures, that the director was decided on a coin flip. Yes, and we'll we'll talk about that. And that will be the one and only Hollywood Boulevard. And then that with that movie, go ahead, Carl. I'm just going to say, that was my pick. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and on that movie, we're going to go back to the days of trucking. 
And fuck it. Fucking chicken. Everybody's doing it now. <laughs> you have to imagine Cody shut out. Yes. Yeah. And good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Listen, it's been a blast, Stephen. Thanks a lot for yeah. having me. Thank you All for right. listening. All right. Good night, everyone. And to quote the long kiss good night, you can't kill me, motherfuckers. <laughs> Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, Good night, sweetheart. Good night.